0: Thank you so much for tuning in to the Spiro Avenue Show. You could follow us on social media at Spiro Avenue on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also watch our full episodes and clips and highlights on YouTube, and we would appreciate it if you could hit that subscribe button for us. Anyways, thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy. Call on the play, outlet walker, he finds a trailer, Oh! With the right hand, is Flip feeling good right now. Oh, and a big-time poster dunk for Malik Hall. Walker, they got something going here. Hall, is hall, yes. the guy. Hall is the guy. As Hall driving, wham, with the right and hand. In the Hall against Roborcha defensively. Hall fading away, and buries it. On this end though, Michigan State's got to make it. Hogarth with the lob to the lead ball. Hall. Spinning. Shaking. Hall. Catch it. Shoot. On target. Turnover. On the pass. Hall. Dots it. Hall.
1: Uh, welcome back to Spiro Avenue. It's fun watching Malik Hall highlights because he's such a versatile guy. You're seeing thunder dunks, turnaround jumpers, three-pointers from the corner. That guy kind of does everything. He even makes appearances on the Spiro Avenue show, man. Welcome for the first time. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, you've been one of my favorites for a long time. I have uh, got the baton. I have gone the bat for you repeatedly. Luckily, most people love you anyway, so yeah. I don't really need to defend you much. But when those people do pop up, like I'm whack-a-mole in them. So mm-hmm. I'm a huge fan of yours and have been since you got to Michigan State. And it's just great to have you here and great to have you coming back for one more year. So I think that is a good place for us to start. This is the glorious return of Moeke Call to campus. I think there were, for the most part, a general sense of optimism about your return. You just never know. I've been mm-hmm. surprised a thousand times before. Just tell me, you know, why are you back? coming in this next year why did you come back for one more year
2: mm-hmm. um i definitely came back because um obviously i've grown like a family here uh not only with the coaching staff um, with my teammates with uh just numerous amounts of people that i've met and come into contact with it's just been a great experience um i've enjoyed every part about it so i think Adding that to you know, just wanting to have a good last year, be completely healthy, um, be able to put my best foot forward going into the next step of my life, I think was kind of how I wanted to end. I didn't think last year was was that for me, so I wanted to come back and hopefully win the national championship and go well, I mean, all the way.
1: And that's look, <laughs> that's kind of the buzz, man. And look, we've been we've been there before, where we're sitting here, you know, coming into the summer, going into the season, even. And, you know, it's preseason number two, preseason number four. You know, you're in that discussion. And, you know, we haven't seen that, though, the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. Michigan State unranked in the preseason prior two years, which is really uncommon, that back-to-back like that. We all know it doesn't really mean anything in the grand scheme. But there is something to be said for sort of the energy, enthusiasm, and where people's minds are with the program. Those polls right now are not out. But I mean, we—I was just looking at a couple of those media outlets that do them. I mean, ESPN's obviously unofficial ranking has you guys preseason number four. Hmm. CBS has you number five. Sports Illustrated had you in one article at number three. Yeah. I mean, consensus top five as high as three. Yeah. I, I think John Rossing had you at two, maybe. I mean, it's you guys are pretty hyped right now. Having been in the last couple years in those situations where you're unranked, is there a different? sort of energy feel to coming in as an unranked team or under the radar versus what you're seeing in the early stages of this
2: offseason? I think there can be a difference. Um, Coach does a really great job dealing with that difference, I think. Um, My first year here, came back, we were number one. Um, had cash is coming back had X coming back um, so I kind of understand like I've been through the highs and I've been through kind of like the middle ground so I'd say I, I think coach just really does a great job with with dealing kind of with the difference um, he just makes sure we're ready to go whether we're number one or we're number 300 or something you know so I think either way it goes I think we'll be we'll be ready no matter what
1: so you see a little bit of a difference in him in the two situations like is he trying to pump you up a little bit if you're an underdog and knock you down a peg, like when you're more in this situation as a heralded team, like is there a noticeable difference in what he does and how he handles those
2: situations? I don't think there there's a a noticeable difference, um, and if I had all the answers, I'd probably be Thomas. <laughs> so, uh but yeah. I mean, I think he definitely does try and keep you humble. Obviously, if you're if you're at a high ranking, I think that's just anything and anyone though. Like you know, you don't want to get too high, you don't want to get too low. So he just always keeps us kind of even kill and makes sure that we're just we're hungry and we want to be better ourselves, so that way we're not focusing on the outside things.
1: When I had A.J. Holgard and Tyson Walker on. I asked them, like, hey, do you guys talk about, this was right on the eve of the Big Ten tournament. I said, do you guys talk about Big Ten titles and going to the Final Four? And, like, do you guys s- sort of express that? We all know that's the goal. It's unspoken. But is that something you say out loud? They both seem to say, like, yeah, that's an openly embraced thing. Michigan State embraces Final Four, mm-hmm. you, and all that. Is that something you would agree with? Like, that? hundred <laughs> percent. So
2: you guys are talking about that, like, in the walls. A hundred percent. I think I think there's, a like, You could go, the first step is like, does the coaching staff talk about it? Like, yeah, they do. Um, They talk about it all the time. It's one of the things that coach talks about. Probably the most, one of the first things I heard coming in, like, we're here to get to Final Four and win national championships. Like, that's your goal. If you're not meeting that goal, like, we're going to get better and we're going to go get that goal. Um, So, obviously, it's something you talk about with the coaching staff. And then, I mean, even just the team, like, in our locker room, like, we talk about it after. After after seasons, we talk about it. After practices, we talk about it. After games, like, hey, like, if we really get this thing right, like, we could be one of the best teams in the country, if not the best at all times. So,
1: so I mean, obviously, to a large <laughs> extent, you know Tom Tommy's more than I do. That there's a wide gap there. But I do have, uh, aside from my nine unreturned invitations for him to join the show, I do have some friendships sort of in his ether. And there seems to be a consensus from those that do know him that are close to him that he won't necessarily admit it, but he, that second national title that has eluded him and we've had some close calls along the way really sort of gnaws at him. That Tom Izzo is a guy that really does care more than he even lets on about his legacy. Do you have any take on that? Like, Do you think that's, he feels sort of the pressure building to get that second national title? Do you think he, he cares as much as his friends seem to think?
2: Um, I don't think so. You don't think so? So you think think he's more just kind of day to day? I don't don't think so at all. Um, And I'll say because I think there's in this life, there can only really be like one thing that you care about the most. And I think he really cares about other people the most more than like things for himself. Um, Like you name it, he's probably done it in the game of basketball, he's probably experienced it. Like he just, he has a certain experience that like nobody can really understand or like put a value on. You can't really like put your finger on it. Um, So I think just like with that, he just like, he cares and he gives more to other people and tries to make other people better because he's already done so many things. Well, I'm not saying he doesn't want to win a second one because obviously that's at the forefront of his mind and that's something that he focuses on. But I think it's not something that like, Every night he's going to sleep like this is what this is what my goal is. I think his goal is more so just, you know, making the guys on our team better and making sure that the coaching staff is better and our families are good. Things like that.
1: I mean, maybe he doesn't go to sleep thinking about the second national title, but I do. So I I, I will I will ruminate enough for the both of us because I have gone to bed. Every night for about 20 years looking at the ceiling, wondering (laughs) if Tom Iso will finally get that second one. I want it for him more than I think Mm. he does or anybody. Maybe, maybe his family wants it a little more. But yeah, so I'll worry enough for for the both of us. So I think it's uh, in terms of chasing that goal, Final Four's Big Ten titles, the Mm -hmm. the elusive second national title for Izzo. I don't think there's gonna be anybody out there that says you being back doesn't increase the likelihood of any and all those things occurring. One in particular though that was really catching my eye was Graham Couch. I'm sure you've run into Mm, Graham on the beat, Lansing State Journal. When you announced that you were returning, he had an interesting take, and it was sort of an outlier opinion, I think. I think this was sort of not on an island, but not the common majority. This is Graham Couch. Quote, Malik Hall's return is more important for MSU than having Tyson Walker back. Next season, Spartans need what Hall can give them even more than Walker. He is the adult in the room, versatile and experienced. Malik Call provides so much both offensively and defensively. He is not a depth piece on this talent packed roster. He's an essential one. Mm. That's Graham Couch. So, Graham Couch's take is you might swing the national title. Molly Call's return might swing Tommaso getting number two versus not. Do you feel a, a sense of not that the winning the title's on you, but a sense of real heavy importance coming into? a 50 year senior situation with a really talented team, does it create a burden on you to be the leader that you've been thus far?
2: Um, I don't think it's a burden at all, it's opportunity. Um, I'm in a situation that I always dreamed about being in, so I can't take anything as a burden. And I think really like even words like that are just, there's something that I, I just take value in and I appreciate because It's I've come a long way to get to the point where I'm at and I don't even though I don't think one myself like I'll be the person to sway the title like I don't think that way. I think it's obviously a team effort, but um, I think I think I definitely can have importance. And I think as a fifth year guy who's been in the program um, just knows his way around things, understands the flows of the season. I think that'll that'll be very important, especially with the talented young guys we got coming in and the core we got coming back.
1: I, I gotta sneak the question in because if I don't ask, people are gonna kill me, man. Like, how are you feeling? Like your your health was such a, <laughs> a, a people are, like I'm praying. Like people are yeah. offering their limbs. Like mm, I would nah, give I them saw what call. Yeah, you said, you am about. I'm not making that up. No, I'm not making crazy. This. Words. People are like, I will give them what we Call my ankle. I will give you yeah. any limb or or joint you need. Like you, you said, you wanted to return, have a healthy season. Yeah. I think you've had some issues earlier in your career yeah. injury wise too. Like how are you right now, health wise?
2: right now I'm I'm doing better. Um so I actually had surgery after the off season. Um during the off season uh and I'm about seven weeks like post operation. So I just got out the walking boot. Um we're doing rehab every day. I'm feeling a lot better than I did before. Um I'm especially very excited just because Last year, I thought I was I thought I was doing better towards the end of last year, and I like I found out when after the surgery, the doctor said it was only like fifty to sixty percent healthy. So like even to know what I was doing towards the end of the season on like f 50, fifty or sixty percent healthy bone, like I, I'm I'm just excited to get back out there and and leave it all out there. I, I think your your health situation last
1: year. I have, have to think about it, but. Like in terms of an off-court thing was the most talked about thing, at least like in the Twitter space. It was like, yeah, because the the data is so clear, like the team's yeah. better when you're there. The record's a lot better. The efficiency goes up. The defense gets better. Like you, you just sort of rise all the ships. Like that's sort of your effect. And that's been demonstrated over and over again. I don't know if you saw, like, you were the source of some crazy rumors, like, in regards to your injuries. Uh, nothing salacious, so don't panic over <laughs> there. But, like, just what was going on, the extent of it, how bad it was. Mm-hmm. So, like, Ben, if you could throw up the one Hag tweet. So this is from Doug Hag, and I don't think Hag's his full last name, but whatever. This is from mid-January. Quote, do not expect to see him away call the remainder of the season. His injury is that bad comparable to Josh Langford's. Now, Josh Langford is a scary term for anybody because it was basically a career-ending injury for him. He tried to come back, never did. And you ended up, as we note there, you returned 10 days after this report, Mm -hmm. you know, 11 points, four assists, three rebounds. You had a really efficient game, (coughs) your usual solid defensive effort. I mean, I remember that game and how well you played, and I was shocked how good you looked, honestly, just from a conditioning standpoint, off the bench, but still like 25, 26 minutes. It's not to pick on – Mr. Hagg, but like was I, the reason I'm bringing him up there was that kind of rumor out there that like this is a catastrophic thing. You're doing better now. Was there a point where you or anyone in your circle thought, "Oh shit, we're in trouble," and then it kind of turned.
2: So there there's definitely truth to that. Um there was a point in the season um it was after the Illinois game when I had got pulled for like the last couple minutes of the game and I missed like that stretch um i went and i got another scan of my foot and we thought it was worse on the scan um and then we so there was like for like a period of like maybe like 12 to like 20 hours where i like i thought i was done for the rest of the season um but and but after like we got another scan and we looked they looked at it like differently and whatever doctors do and then they were like oh you're all good so there there was a little a little a little glitch in the system there for sure, but
1: Oh a glitch in East Lansing. It can ha- it can happen in more places in Ann Arbor. Who knew? Yeah. So so Hag look at, Hag had a little meat on the bone. I don't know if that timing lined up with what you were saying, but uh mm. yeah, so glitches on both campuses. It's good to know that we're we're not immune from the glitches. And mm. I think yours may have been a little more legit. But, yeah, so i um, bottom line is your prognosis looks good for this upcoming season. Yes, you sir. got a long way to go. Yes, you sir. feel good. Docs yeah. like where you're at.
2: Yeah, yeah. I'm excited for sure.
1: Yeah, I was, so am I. I mean, you've been honestly one of my favorite players in the last 10, 15 years. And for all the reasons wow. people say, just your mm-hmm. versatility, like your highlight tape is just a joy yeah, to look at. I
2: appreciate that. I mean, Thank you dude. know,
1: I'm not going to like <laughs> isolate any guys, but even some of the best players that ever played here, number five, Cassius. Incredible. I mean, one of the best 10 players ever at this program. Unbelievable. But there's no dunking on that highlight tape. There's no dunks. It's but herky, herky-jerky old man There's game. some ankles in there, though, for there's, sure. He, no, some there's some knockdown. good stuff.
2: No, yeah, there's some great stuff in there. The, the
1: platter, though, is a little more diverse in your case. It just is. There's yeah. just more stuff. You're just, mm. uh, you know, I sorry, I hear You're, you're a better, <laughs> no, better athlete. You know? It just is what it is. You, you can just do a lot of stuff, and there's not many guys, any major program in the country that are – great shooters which you've seen I mean you jumped up into the 40s I think yeah. uh, maybe dropped below like right at the end of the year yeah. you were playing hurt mm-hmm. uh but you know you, incredible shooting improvements there and obviously you always had the athleticism and your turnaround game and yeah you you just bring so much and I, I I kind of agree with Graham I wouldn't even make it about like oh more so than Tyson I think it's kind of like who cares? I yeah. mean, it's two, you guys. Bring... Me and him don't. <laughs> yeah. <what> I, call... <laughs> I know Tyson doesn't give a shit. Believe me. I, I've, I've, talked, I've talked to Tyson off yeah. the air. I don't know if Tyson cares about you. He's just like what anybody thinks. He's yeah, just, he's, he's a killer, he's man. He's his own guy. Sure. So I, oh, I'm, I'm glad that you're, um, you know, back and, and seemingly healthy. I don't know. I, I, I think your coach's words about you, not just in recent memory, but since you got there, I mean, even since before your first game, mm-hmm. I don't know if you've sort of capture that or if that's resonated with you. So Ben, throw up the Tom Izzo quote, please. So this is sort of a mix of quotes. Half of this was right when you got to school and the other half was in the past few months. Okay. This is Tom Izzo saying, quote, Malik Hall is like an OKG reference point for our program. He's our kind of guy. He is versatile, can handle the ball, shoot the three. He defends. Malik is the perfect example of who and what I want at Michigan State. Tom Izzo doesn't give, like, heaping praise. like
2: Not lightly. He no, doesn't do no. it lightly, I no, promise.
1: I mean, <laughs> guy, poor Kalen Lucas. It took him, like, three years to say something nice. I just, you're in such, like, a rare category of a guy that, you must be doing a lot of stuff right for Tom Izzo to say that stuff. Like, even guys that he may think that, he's, he's so careful hmm. about, you know, doling out praise. What does it mean to you to have Tomizoe say stuff like that?
2: It it means a lot, obviously. Um, with the c- kind of guy that coaches and you know just who he is in general, like it means a lot for someone to say that about you, and it like gives me a little credit, but more credit to like my mom and, and my family for doing a great job of making sure I stayed like the same kind of person through all this time. So, really, it's credit to them.
1: I mean, Tom Izzo liking you, like as, as in terms of oh, I have no complaints about his work ethic. I, I mean, he's his standards are so high. Mm-hmm. I just think it's almost it's almost impossible to meet him. And it was like, yeah, he, like you're like yeah. the one of the I can't even think of somebody maybe like Tom Tom there, and I would say, mm-hmm, uh, before, sure. a little bit before you got there, but you know he was in that category of uh, you know not as good of a player as you, but just you're not going to hear Izzo say a bad word about him. He's yeah. basically like perfect from a mm-hmm. character perspective. But you're on that short list of three or four guys where. I can't find a bad you. Right. I actually looked. I was like, <laughs> trying to find like the counterbalance. He, I don't know if you've seen whiplash, but he's like Fletcher and whiplash. He's like screaming at everyone. He's, you know, Cassius even was right. like catching. He, mm-hmm. Well, College just doesn't get that. <laughs> so I'm mean, speaking to the temper. I, I ask every Michigan State basketball player like on camera and off camera. I, anytime there's a, a national blow up, which is like feels like every 10, 18 months, 12 to 18 months. Izzo yelling at Aaron Henry, Izzo yelling at Gabe Brown, mm-hmm. Izzo yelling at whomever. Yeah. There's always this outcry first take at a big thing. Yeah. Uh, what, this is so terrible. Won't someone please think of the yeah. children everyone's doing that, you know, Reverend Lovejoy's wife, Helen Lovejoy routine. Like, what, what do you guys talk about? What do you do when that sort of uh, hubble is out there? When people are screaming and yelling, Tom Izzo's terrible. You can't coach that way in 2023. What do you guys do in those moments? Are you sitting there laughing at it? What's yeah, you you're laughing
2: at 100. I mean, like you come here, you know what you're getting. Like you, you signed up for it. We saw every single one of us signed up for this, and coach is doing what we asked him to do. We uh, asked it. We said we want to be in the NBA. We want to win national championship. We want to go to Final Fours. We want in big T- Big Ten championships. He's holding us accountable. Uh, we miss a coverage. Uh, we don't make the right play. He's gonna let us know. He does it in a different way that most people aren't used to. But I mean, he's he's doing what we asked of him. And if we didn't, if we don't want the heat, get out the kitchen. That's re- that's really all it is to it, you know.
1: So you guys aren't saying like, oh yeah, you know, Stephen A's to something there. Like he really <laughs> no. is mean. It's kind of like a whatever. Because mm, right. I mean, it's always like this. Oh, it's this abusive situation. Like it's coming at this angle of like you know, someone please help the poor Michigan State basketball yeah. players. And then it doesn't matter how many guys come out, Draymond Green, former players, current yeah. players, Aaron Henry, who was the source of the scorn in one of these controversies, quote-unquote, was like, ah, he's good, like, whatever, yeah. no problem. Yeah. I just, I, I can't find one guy. I, I even talked to a guy that off the record who transferred, who didn't even love everything about Michigan State. He liked Izzo. Even he was like, ah, it's no big deal. I can't find anybody. It's, but yeah. the, the media seems to care yeah. a lot.
2: Because, I mean, like, when you, when you grow up in this basketball culture, like, a lot of people grow up with your parents as like your coaches, like when you're younger. So for me, my dad coached me when I was younger. So there wasn't a thing that I like didn't catch, you know what I mean? So when I come to coach, it's like the same thing, you know, so you know exactly what to expect. You know what you're getting into. None of us, like we're not going to sit here and complain about it. Like he's going to eventually get us to where we want to go.
1: So. I mean you you like you're on the time is roll. so you may be literally the worst person in program that asked I just I I, I got to find someone that like he yell that more like you're the worst person to ask this question mm-hmm. but what was like the angriest he ever was at you on the court was there one like what what really mm-hmm. infuriates him is it not boxing out is it not missing a switch like what is there like a a major thing that he really gnawed at you in particular over
2: there's not one that I can remember like particularly like in front of all the others most of the times, I, I it'll probably be like something like a close game and I missed like a help side or like I didn't rotate to do something, something like that. That's probably where I got yelled at the most. But like nothing, there's really, quite honestly, there's never been too crazy where I'm like, like wow, like he really... None of, there's none of that. So yeah, not for you. Maybe <laughs> maybe like I said, you maybe for, for some yeah, other people yeah. it might feel like that. I don't see him yelling at you
1: that much. It's like I don't know if it's even happened. But <laughs> yeah, and that's exactly what happened with with Gabe Brown. It was I'm pretty sure it was like a missed switch or something. And, yeah, it was me and Gabe. Yeah, it was me and oh, Gabe you were the other under-
2: UCLA game. I did Yeah, and I knew it was a UCLA. Yeah, game. I think they ran. I think it was a ball screen with their point guard. But i was playing the four back then but like it was always weird because like sometimes i'll switch in practice and even when i play the four because it's like it's just easier and especially late game i think it was late game it was end of the half there was probably a couple seconds left everything was switching anyways so it's it was probably me and gabe and they i think they had like a ball screen or a handoff and we're just supposed to switch it because it's late shot clock you don't want to shot up and He hit the shot, and then he went out there. Luckily, I ran. I saw him kind of get mad, and I kind of, like, I did my, like, little fast trot to the tunnel, and then, like, after he got game, and I didn't even see it had happened till after the game. Oh, you didn't even catch it? No, like, I don't think anybody on our team really, like, saw it, like, where it was, like, like, did you just see? Like, no, it was just, like, we went through the rest of the game, and then, like, we looked online, and we were like, oh, I didn't even know that happened. Like,
1: Oh, man, like, (laughs) I mean, I saw it happen live from – tv and i'll tell you like the pearl clutching pearls clutched in the putty man people were just so offended by this exchange mm-hmm. and all the michigan state people are like tweeting out like oh that's michigan state yeah, like there, there we go it, there it is.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: there's not a single spartan anywhere fan former yeah. player or whatever that's like oh my god like yeah. Tom, if you.
2: i feel like if you watch us for more than one season and you like watch our program like after you'll be like oh that's just normal We've but been like a, doing it for a quarter, yeah. Century. I know that's why, why I you think it wouldn't be, catch on by you now. You need
1: but. to be in the program to know better, like, come on, ESPN. Although that's you know, whatever, I'm not even gonna go there, but I, I totally forgot. But I remember now the clip, like, you were the other dude yeah. in the switch. Mm-hmm. But so, did game come in and was like, eh, fuck coach, and you're like, what's going on? What, what was like, what was because you were in the locker, room. yeah, he shuffled
2: off. He comes in, what I'm was the exchange? I'm trying to remember, I think so. Cause it was at Purdue. Purdue has this like long, like it's just like a giant circle at the bottom of the arena. And we were like off to the right. So like when you come out of the floor, you have to make another right to go back around. And I think I was already like down in the hallway by the time, but I could hear like them coming down the hallway. It was like that, but it wasn't like, I don't think Gabe didn't, from what I remember, Gabe didn't come any, any type of way into the locker room or anything. It was just like normal. Like, you know, Coach yelled at me, like. He might have been upset, or he might have been like, "Nah, like that was Malik's fault or something." But like, I didn't hear it, or I didn't see any of it. Whose so.
1: fault? Whose fault was it? Was was it Gabe's? I honestly,
2: was? I I couldn't tell you. I, I'm pretty sure I called switch, but I'm yeah. not gonna put that on Gabe. It's, we're too far removed for that now. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah, I know the question will be out there. So, yeah, it'll be forensically investigated. <laughs> yeah, somebody somebody know
2: by then. Oh, and the Wright's gonna do a whole
1: breakdown, splicing <laughs> in clips of this. You know, that's that's his his business, and he does a great job with that stuff. But. So just finishing on Izzo, it, we've talked a lot about you know the coach and the you know temper and how you don't care and mm-hmm. no one seems to care about that stuff and it's overblown. Just take the sort of coaching element out of it. Tom Izzo, the man, sort of the leadership figure in your life. I I mean, I'm not gonna you know say father figure, but I other players have said that. Yeah. What is Tom Izzo the man to you? Like, what does he mean to you?
2: He's just a great person. Um, like for me, I'm really like. I just love being around people who are genuine um, and I think he's one of the probably the most genuine people I, I've ever come in contact with um, just because like when when he looks after like you and you come onto his team like he really cares for you um, whether it be you going through something medically you could be going through something family wise you could be going through your girlfriend like if you called him and you were like hey coach like can you talk to me for a minute? Like he'll get if you ask to talk to him on the phone, he'll get up and drive to you and like come pick you up. He's like that kind of person. So it's just you don't come by that a lot. And that's something that's needed for a lot of people. So
1: he's a special guy. Your mom seemed to really like him in the all access piece you did. But that was a couple of years ago. I don't right. know. Maybe she doesn't no we, like him
2: anymore, but. we have we have a lot of. Love for coaches in my house just because he's, he's helped us with a lot of stuff, you know, just family wise. Like when I'm going through some stuff uh, with my dad, like my mom and him will talk about it and like just make sure I'm okay. And even like some of the other coaches on the coaching staff, you know, just little things like that. They, he does a lot to make sure that, that not only his players, but their family are, you know, in the right spot and making sure that they're okay.
1: Do you buy the theory that he's going to retire with Steven? You know when Stephen departs and graduate um, that's one of the popular I mean, it's not a report, but it's a theory. I don't know. you think I feel he like he just got
2: some steam I, I feel I feel i he definitely has steam I feel i i think like realistically like I don't want to put this on coach, but coach would have to die in his sleep to not get up and like go do basketball or something. I feel like and like that's a bad thing to say but i feel like that's really it like seems like yeah. <laughs> like i feel like his mind just works so well like basketball wise i feel like it would be really hard to just like shut it off and like but i i could see it happening but i don't i don't really know honestly
1: hey i think he's in the roy williams camp you know roy was to the point of retiring so not quite to the extent but he's in the roy williams camp of I think he's disenchanted by the transfer portal and NIL and all that stuff. And he's very open about it. So mm-hmm. I think whatever time he was going to retire, I think that may have moved it up like a year or two, whether it's it was ten years, now it's eight or two mm-hmm. years, now it's one. Like <laughs> it got moved up a little bit, is yeah. my opinion. That's just he hasn't told me that. I, I don't know.
2: Like, I feel like maybe i not like as far as him retiring getting moved up but I feel like kind of what you were saying like on the scale I feel like it definitely got moved up a little bit for sure I don't know when but I feel like it it probably got moved up just like because we coach been through a lot like he didn't he's been here for a long time he's been through a lot of stuff here and then like you got COVID on top of that and like at the level that he has our program at like that's a hard thing to maintain for a very long time so
1: he seems to really wear it too, like his criticism that are you know, not his the criticism he receives, especially I can't remember where you were at with like the NASA timeline in terms of like when that stuff came out.
2: So I actually I didn't know anything. I don't want to say I didn't know anything about NASA, but no I knew there well. I, I knew a little bit about it until I got here and then I learned more, but I didn't get here until I. Uh, like years after it, and I just hear about it for through like
1: right. I mean, I knew your timeline in terms of like when he was committing the crimes, Mm -hmm. but the fallout is what I'm talking about. Where ESPN was like putting him and Mark Dantonio up there. I think it was like just before you got
2: there. I think I think it was too. I feel like I want to say because.
1: Ben, look up the Sparty Secrets um, like the Sparty it was literally called, I think, Spart Spartan Secrets or Sparty Secrets ESPN article from Paul Levine and Dan Murphy. Look up when that timeline was. It was 2017 or 2018. It was right in there. It was like right before I got here, though. I know that. He wears that though. Like he wears that criticism a lot and it let out in some of his press conferences. But it's the same thing, you know, people talking about uh, the yelling at Aaron Henry stuff. Like he gets He's kind of defensive. He really yeah. takes his stuff seriously. Nah, yeah, he does. He takes things personally, mm-hmm. as it says. But, uh, yeah, so anyway, we'll we'll transition to this. And, then you can jump in. I'm, yeah, I'm just curious what that timeline is. We can look after, too. The Kansas State game, I got to get to it. I, <laughs> I kind of buried it. I, I debated. I can't I open it with it. Too, it. You yeah. returning on this awesome team was sort of the lead. The Kansas State game, I, I'm trying to put it in proper context because – I could make the argument based on how the field dropped that it was one of the, like from a fan perspective, most you know hurtful losses or whatever. Yeah. Just because mm-hmm. even if you didn't love this team, I happen to like the team more than most. And you know I told Tyson yeah. and AJ that. The field was such that you could have won the whole thing or gotten damn 100%. close anyway.
2: 100%. There was no
1: Anthony Davis, Kentucky. 100%. So when you look at the field and what way before you, I would argue that made it, uh, maybe not worse, but more painful, I worse. think it
2: made it more painful for sure, just because like credit to all the teams that made it that far and went farther than we did because it's a hard thing to do, but definitely I think like when you look at it on paper, like I feel like we matched up as like the best team when it came down to it in the end, um, it was unfortunate for sure, um that definitely was hurtful, but like i think I think we definitely matched up as like one of the best no matter who was in there.
1: I would have picked you the whole way through until UConn, honestly.
2: UConn, I mean,
1: look they around. Were, I'm they a were a great team. But I, they were a great team. I think actually. they were better than Michigan State.
2: I've seen them. Like, they've slowly been building because when we played, was that – that was two – that would have been two years ago now that we played them in uh, – that, was, a, that was, a, yeah, was yeah. That was neutral site. Yeah. That was the uh, mm-hmm. Atlantis one, right? Yeah, I've seen yeah. The, I've seen them slowly like kind of building up. So it's cr- it's crazy that they won this year. But like I've, I I kind of saw it coming from the last couple of years. They've been a great team.
1: They were a weird team. They were like fifteen and two, and then they like and then lost they six. They, they were like, like
2: six of the seven, and they were then like they terrible for yeah. like a month. They would yeah. think they were gonna
1: miss the tournament, and they like got hot like fourteen yeah, or fifteen again. So, but I I think I honestly think I would have picked then the beat Michigan State had it gotten to that point, which I think would have been the national championship game. Yeah, I think the way the they bracket were on fell. on the other side. Yeah, yeah, they were on the opposite side. But looking at it, I would have picked you through, and you were—I mean, overtime lost by one basket. Mm. You can't really get much yeah. closer than Not overtime lost by one basket. Yeah. <laughs> like Ben, show the highlight package. Just bring bring us back to that Kansas State game, widely considered yeah, the the, the best game of the entire tournament. Ben, let's run that.
0: Before Michigan State was set, on the red line goes Hogard, and he's fouled! and a primal scream. This party run now, covering three and a half minutes. Noel, hot pass. Runs it down, puts it up, late clock! Oh. Are you kidding? Okay! This is a familiar lineup for Tom Izzo, his small lineup. Little fade away from Noel, he's cooking. Of their three pointers, Hogard gets to the paint. Hogard hangs. No, the foul by Hall! And one! Walker drives it with five on the clock. Walker scores! We're tied at 82! Kansas State can take the lead here. Been a wild one. Great pass. Hassan! This is Hogarth now. With Carter on him. Almost falls. And he lays it in. Count the basket and one. Jerome Tang sets it up. Going for the run. Here's Hauser. Gives it up. Clock ticks. Hall. Finding Walker. Walker already stripped by Noel. Ball is loose. Noel comes out of the play. Dribbles, and he lays it in! Count the basket, and Kansas State wins it!
1: I mean, for pure historical record, we included that last part. I wish Ben had just skipped it and I could <laughs> hallucinate and, and be hypnotized into thinking it ended <laughs> differently. Just take me into the atmosphere there, not just you know the arena and the environment and, and that iconic location, but just on the floor. The game from my couch seemed as tense electric
2: uh, dude, like, it's, that is, so like, that was that's all i could say like that was by far the best game of basketball i think i've ever played in my life like even like talking like pick up like talking smack like with your homeboys at the park like it was better than times like that like that was one of those games where you i'll probably remember that for the rest of my life and like remember how i felt during it was just so crazy because it was so loud like there were so many faces your families are there like we're going into overtime like great te- two great teams best game of the tournament in my opinion like it, uh, by, by far chance. like everybody like, said that but it, it was a crazy experience definitely for, for me at least
1: it it was a there was no break really like if it's like you guys would go up like two to four points and it's like oh shit like one stop one score like we're going to kind of get control mm-hmm. And then they would answer, and then, they and then answer. they'd
2: pull up four, yeah. and it's like, oh shit! It was like just sk- the whole, just the whole game back and forth. That's why it felt so crazy. I think
1: there was one moment, like in the sequence, where I think they went up like seven, eight, or nine, or something like that, for like a minute, and then yeah. it went right back then down I to that right two back. to four. Yeah. And there, at no point did I feel like, man, if I my life depended on picking the winner of this game. I feel confident. Yeah, I had no idea yeah, who was going to You couldn't win.
2: be confident in either team because like, it really honestly was like that kind of game where it was just...
1: And that's rare. It's yeah. rare to
2: have no idea.
1: Even mm-hmm. if it's like 55-45, yeah. you watch a game, it's like, man, this team looks a little quicker, looks a little more dialed in, or they're shooting, or they're hot, or whatever. Like, I had no idea what to make of that yeah. game in real time. Uh, so was there, like the, you said, it was intense. Was there like kind of a trash-talking element there? Or was it just more the competitive side? What was that about?
2: I for me at least, I, I don't think there was much trash talking. Um there was maybe like one or two things where like you bump into somebody, like they give you a look and you give them a look and then it's like okay. But at least for from what I know, there wasn't really much uh with us. There probably might have been with the guards, because Tyson and AJ love to talk. Um, the other guy's a New York guy, obviously. Um, so, I mean, there there might have been a little there back and forth with in between them, but I can't say for sure. I honestly really don't. I think it was just like everybody was playing a high level of basketball and everybody wanted the same thing. We all had a goal of getting to the national championship and it kind of just poured out into the game, really. When
1: <laughs> I, I said <laughs> to you earlier, I've always said you're back, but I haven't often needed to. Hogard, not that he needs my help, but... I've actually needed to defend him in terms of like the criticism he's received, you know, for the body language issues, and even Tom Izzo has mentioned his body language. He gets it a lot for sure, constant. Yeah. And we talked about that when he was on the show. I was so bummed, aside for the obvious reasons that we lost and all, you know, that comes with that. What an incredible game that AJ Hogarth had! That was one of the best tournament performances in the history of one of the best programs in the yeah. country. And to come in a losing effort, I just felt bad for him. Yeah. But like, what, what did you make of what he showed out in that? in that game
2: that was otherworldly from him i think really like i feel like i see that a lot um and i feel like anytime we step on the floor like i feel that about all my teammates though like i like i see their best games whenever we step out on the court like i'm looking at my teammates i'm not thinking like oh, he's going to be tripping tonight like i'm looking like that person down to, at the other end is not matching up with you, so like you can have a great game, and like to be honest, I, I was really happy for him that he got to do it. Last time we played in the garden, he played really well too. So two times in a row, I kind I kind of had a feeling that he was going to play well, just based off the of last time when he played well. So I was really happy for him. Though, do you buy the? I mean, Tyson rolled his eyes,
1: so already gave himself a concussion. I think. Like, do you buy the bad attitude, like, you know, lazy, bad body language, doesn't listen to coach stuff about
2: A.J. Hogarth? Like, what what do the fans who say that get wrong in your mind? Um, I think it's easy to kind of just look and be able to say that about him because – I'd be lying to say that he doesn't show that stuff and he doesn't do that stuff sometimes but like like any of us like be, you remember when you were 20 something like you're still growing up you're still learning a lot of stuff like you're still and I think a lot of that we've kind of seen with him like I, even just through the years like the freshman year AJ that I met and the AJ that I know now are two completely different people and it's not only just because of like him being around our our team and our program and like kind of the values that we instill but also just like him like kind of like growing up and seeing certain things and just being like, like I need to be more serious in certain aspects or like listen to people more. So like I think he's just done an outstanding job of not listening to all that and continuing. I had that conversation with him today about some about something else that kind of the same thing. Like you're on the right path, just like keep keep going. So bro. someone's like, giving him shit today? He no, get no, not today? not about not about this. It was some something else that like we had talked about. <laughs> okay. Like he just felt like certain things were kind of being skipped over on him. And I was like, I was like, well, if you feel like in your heart you're doing the right thing and like you know yourself better than anyone else. So like just keep doing what you gotta do and it'll come to the light whether you're doing the right thing or not.
1: I wrote an article just arguing that he's one of the most misunderstood guys. Part of it is just like the facial expression he makes <laughs> he, <laughs> he does has,
2: have some crazy facial you know, well, he expressions he looks like to he just
1: people. woke up uh <laughs> and, you know he's just kind of like you know looking like he's yeah. it's just and it's it's not his permanent face but like he go he makes that
2: expression yeah.
1: and you know there are people like that that just like that's not really even reflective of how they
2: are yeah i think i think with him it's kind of misunderstood a lot because like Sometimes he can look like that and he's not feeling like that. And then someone will like say like, oh, that's how he is. And then they'll try and treat him that way. And then that's where it can become like, like, why are you? And then he'll give you the face for a reason. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think a lot of times what's really misunderstood with him is like, he's like really nice and really genuine person. Um, Like he's one of my closest friends on the team in life, to be honest, like he just... Like, he'll make sure I'm OK. Like, if I, my family's going through something, like, he'll text me separate and be like, hey, like, checking on you, making sure you're good. Like, he just, he's one of those genuine people that you want around.
1: I love them. And the best argument for him being misunderstood, there was a, someone on Twitter, you know, Twitter's a very nice place, as we all know. But when Hogard was on the show, someone commented and said on one of our clips saying, Man, A.J. Hogarth looks like he can't wait to get out of there because he's doing his his Hogarth face. He's got the Hogarth face. Mm -hmm. But I I replied. I replied. And it was the truth. I said, I get what you're saying. But he stayed here for almost like an hour after the show, like hanging out, talking. Yeah. He was that. Because some guests, it's that. I don't take it personally, like especially you guys coming far away from East Lansing. Most people, if they're coming from a long distance, do tear right out of yeah, here. Yeah, like you want to get back.
2: He hung out, he hung out for like an hour. We <laughs> yeah.
1: were sitting there, like yeah. talking about like nil and stuff like that. Yeah. Like
2: so, no, like he's, like that's why I think is it's like completely misunderstood because like if you have, I think a lot of people have brief interactions with someone and then make an assumption about that, like oh, like I had a, I might have had a brief interaction with him where he wasn't completely polite or something and it'll be like oh like he's just like that but like if you sit and have a conversation with him like on a respectful like same level type of thing like he's completely like cool like you could sit there and have conversation with him for a long time
1: i loved him man i i I thought he was misunderstood before i met him and talked Mm -hmm. to him you know on and off camera great guy and really i mean definition of misunderstood i was so happy for him in that game and even though the outcome didn't go the way we wanted yeah where, I mean, the Noel scouting report, I did a show with the Kansas State reporter two days before the game. Like Everybody knew that was the focal point. Yeah. I was, I'll admit, surprised that we allowed him, or that it happened, you however you want to phrase it, we allowed him to set an NCAA tournament record for assists. And there was some logs, yeah. we saw one of them in the highlight package. Mm-hmm. I mean, we knew going in this guy was really good. I assume that guy was prominent in your scouting report. Yeah. Like why did that happen? Like why was
2: he, I mean, allowed for lack of a better term? Like what did you guys not do that you needed to do? I think so with the with the player like him is kinda not to compare it to Steph Curry because they're two completely separate different players, but like when you have someone who can shoot the ball really well and is really fast and you kinda couple that with someone who can pass the ball and they're the point guard position, like that's really hard to defend against just because so if we want to stop him from shooting the long threes that he was shooting, we, I think, I'm pretty sure we went over and then we had our big men get up. And when we did that, it left other things open. So if he, or if he came off, I think we eventually changed it to like maybe coming down a little bit. Like we weren't all the way hedged up or we were like a soft hedge or something. And then he that's when he started to like come off. And because our big man's not all the way up and our guard is chasing over, it allows him like that, like two to three second window where he can make those reads that elite players make that like, oh, this dude's kind of helping in to help with this rotation or whatever. So like I can skip it over there. And I think it really was just kind of just him like reading our scout and then playing off of it and making great decisions. Cause it was either he passed the ball and we have to let other people make shots. And it's not as much in his hands, which was probably the best idea or you let him do what he does and try and score like 50. <laughs>
1: it was it was frustrating. It was like 20, what, 20 and 19. I know yeah, 19 it was, was, it was something record. ridiculous. So <laughs> your, your sort of focal point in sort of the closing moments of this game, And I'm not just saying this because you're here. My receipts are out there. I thought it was absurd that you were receiving criticism
2: for the out-of-bounds play. Oh, I got smashed for a lot of that game. (laughs) For a lot of it. Oh, like from social media stuff? From from that last game, I got a lot of stuff for it. Well,
1: the free throw, but you also had a a putback. You had a critical rebound Mm -hmm. and putback where if that doesn't happen, none of this
2: bad stuff even ends up happening. I think a lot of it, a lot of this is really just like, people who don't understand uh like basketball. Like if you don't really like watch a lot of basketball, like like to pick up on coverages and like box outs and like little like key things in the game. Like you either have to have played or you have to have watched or like been a part of it for a very long time. And I think like a lot of that stuff like the out of bounds call like it was it was it was really like 50 50 for me because I wanted to go get it. But then I was like, oh like I don't know if aj touched it because I like maybe he didn't touch it it was just air ball but maybe he did touch it and then it was like in between it was like a really fast call for me so
1: i mean i in didn't real... make the
2: right decision so. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> i can only really, really for myself
1: i'm sitting on the couch which is a little different from your perspective but in real time i was like don't touch it because i yeah. thought it, i thought it was an air ball yeah
2: that's what i thought too that's why I like because when it came off i remember like specifically because i'm on this baseline and I'm coming from like, if you were under the hoop, I would be coming from the left side of the court. And I think I was coming from the left side of the court and it he shot it and I looked over and I see kind of AJ there. And he was like, he was like, cause I feel like he already knew they were gonna try and call it. And he was like, shake I feel like he was shaking his head or something. And I just like quick glance and I was like, okay, like I'm just gonna, I'm gonna leave it, but.
1: Yeah, I mean, and I, I'm weird. pretty sure that was like a, they reviewed it and it was just not enough to overturn. It yeah. wasn't like a definitive even after the fact. Ben, can you run the plays? like We're just gluttons for punishment <laughs> over here just so people can see what we're talking about. That ball was not in the air as long as people think. This It was a very quick bang-bang decision. I think people forget that.
0: Uh, let's roll that. Hogarth's going to pick him up. Eight to shoot. Long three. Missed it. Was it deflected is the key. Did Hogarth get a hand on it? And the answer is yes, from Jeb Hardness, the official. Back to the monitor they go. There's the pass, and it is Masood. And Masood hits a huge shot.
2: A big two. 96-93. It was really, I'm not going to lie to you, like some of that, like some of the hate I got at the end, I was really upset about just because like watching that play, you're gonna tell me that like you knew that ball was tipped. Like, no, you, I feel like you can't, like nobody can say that, like especially just how quickly it happened. And then some of the, like the later stuff, like that shot after like loud, like some people were like, oh, you allowed him to score the basket. But like me, I I, I just, I just let it go. But you see, so you're was, aware, you were cognizant of the criticism. No, yeah, I'm always, like I feel like a lot of people say don't to look, not to look at it because like, it gets you, like he can throw you off your game or like whatever. But like, I mean, I love to look at it. Like I feel like it's interesting. Like this is how you perceived something that I was doing. Like you perceived it this way. You weren't in the situation. So how can you tell me to, I should have done something in a certain situation. You know what I mean?
1: Well, there were were two reasons why I took particular (laughs) exception to it because there are physical errors and people can disagree about stuff. Yeah. But that specific play was a little different for two reasons. One, and the lesser of the two reasons, the context of you and your injury history this past year in particular, battling to get back on the court, it looks like you might not get back on the court at all, rusty coming in, playing your ass off. I think that matters in the way anything is interpreted. Just the fact that you're there speaks to your work Mm -hmm. ethic and how much you care, which leads me to the second bigger point. There was not just criticism of the play, specifically criticism of your effort. I mean, I don't know if you saw Rico Beard on ninety-seven-one with Fellaini said that you didn't give enough effort on that play. Like, you're, like, specifically the term effort was used, that Malik Hall didn't give the effort on that out-of-bounds play. I don't know how anybody mm-hmm. can watch that play. You can say, mm-hmm. first of all, I disagree that it was a mistake. In real time, I was like, back off. Like, yeah. Who knows? It's a yeah. judgment call. But it's—I know a thousand percent sure—it's not an effort play. You, you're making a split-second yeah. decision. Like the effort criticism is what really got me mad, and I was going off like in your defense, like you guys talking about this guy's effort. You don't know what the hell you're talking about. This guy, this guy bent over backwards <laughs> to get back on the court in the first place. He's the most—he's hmm. he's the biggest tryhard, and I mean, in a good way, guy in the whole team. So, like, did that particular component of it? I don't know if you saw or heard any of that stuff. The effort thing to me is worse than oh, what an idiot.
2: I mean, yeah, I'm I feel like that one digs a little deeper just because to like I feel like to go after someone's effort, like especially after like you just said, like after everything that I went through through the season, like it hurts a little more, but like, like I said, it's just how he perceived the game, like he didn't think I tried hard enough, he doesn't know how I felt like when I was going, like so i can't I can't take it as like a dig on me to say, I guess.
1: Well, I mean, the unintentional comedy of Rico Beard commenting on somebody's lack of work ethic is its own joke and does not require a punchline beyond the recitation of what I just said. But he was not the only one that was like, oh, like he's got to try harder on that play. I, to me, that was absurd. Yeah. The other sort of commentary, and this was with you and Hauser and sort of the team as a collective, the coaching staff, that last possession. I mean, we we played it. It was the, tragically yeah, the end yeah. of that. I think everyone agrees, like, you got to get a shot off. That's not controversial. Like, what Uh, happened there? Because this whole perception of another Rico comment, the moment was too big for you guys. I would argue you forced overtime in the first place. That was the best game of the Mm -hmm. tournament. If the game was too big, the moment was too big, you just would have gotten blown out. Yeah, we wouldn't have been there. You had to be be a big boy team and ready to play to even be in that situation and trade haymakers. What happened there at the end?
2: I think uh, it was really a combination of stuff me I hadn't I hadn't shot well the whole post season so like in my head when I caught the ball I was open but I felt like I wasn't open enough to where I would like to get a shot off that would have been a perfect shot um and also in my mind I got the ball and I feel like there was still at least like 5 plus seconds left which is a lot so I looked over and I saw Tyson and I'm like Tyson looks like re- decently open like let me get him the ball he's done this several numerous times so in my head, that's where I was at. Like, I feel like me, Tyson, and Joey all could have took a shot on that play, and it just could have been we were, we weren't big enough for the moment, or just we made the wrong decision. Like uh, <laughs> I mean, I was, Tyson was big enough to force overtime on the
1: drive. I mean, Man. why is it suddenly too big for him now? It yeah, wasn't too big for him seven minutes
2: ago. That's the funny part. Like we all we all played part in getting to overtime and getting to that position. So it's like I feel like. Too big could be what you call it, or it could just be like, hey,
0: it's It's just, it's done. (laughs) It's
1: definitely not an effort thing, though. That, to me, was the most offensive thing Mm -hmm. that was out there. And I mean, that wasn't the majority opinion, but you saw the criticism. Mm -hmm. You said that stuff doesn't bother you, though. I mean, maybe the effort thing nodded you a little bit, but you. I mean, I don't know if it's a motivation thing. I mean, Tyson Walker wants to kill people. He remembers every slight. I mean, he was like naming names of like bloggers that mentioned him three years ago. I mean, that no, guy's yeah. got a list.
2: No, it, I think I think it just depends on the type of athlete. Like some of the things that you receive are definitely things that could like sway your mental health for sure. But I think it depends on kind of where you're at in your mental health as far as like knowing how to handle those things and go about them in the correct way. So are people like, like tagging you too? Or Oh, I get <laughs> tagged. I get like DMs. See, that's uh, just like the regular stuff with my name on Twitter. Like there, there's a lot of different stuff.
1: That's that's crossing the line. Like if you want to talk about the game, even if you're wrong and maybe even offensively wrong yeah. whatever, but like to seek out one well, thing if you're in the NBA or yeah. like a college kid. I just I think that's
2: I, I think stupid. it's became so much more just because like betting too, like all the, the growth and betting is that's that's definitely increased a lot of it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I lost a big one on you that game, but I didn't yell at you. I don't know. I mean, come on, there's <laughs> no, no, yeah, excuse. there's there's different
2: there's different ways to deal with it. I'm not saying yeah, there's no it's right? But like,
1: I don't know. <laughs> I, I just I feel like I was defending you guys all year. The only criticism I really had all year, and I'll go to the grave. And I, you know, we'll talk about that for five seconds at the end. But the the portal thing, I think your coach got wrong, and I know. Tyson and AJ disagreed with me, and I'm sure you will too. We'll get there in a second. But I, I just that was my only gripe with this team. That's how it was run in the group. I yeah. loved the roster. I thought you guys played your asses off. I, you know, your game in particular at Chrysler, like your individual performance, mm-hmm. I mean, was unbelievable. I just I I wanted more for this team. Finishing here before we get to our speed round, your um take on that Kansas State game as you leave it. It was your last sort of, you know time on the court before this season coming up. Is it sad? Is it piss you off? Like I'm gonna get in the gym, like how is it sort of compartmentalized emotionally?
2: Um, I think it's a little bit of, of each. Um, I wish I could have performed better. So like get a little pissed off about that um, cause I want to be better for myself. Um, and then also like just sad that it ended that way. Um, I feel like as a team, we kind of deserve more. I feel like as a university, like it would have been cool to be a part of a group that stood for something big after what we went through. Um, so like, I feel like there's a lot of different ways that I kind of take it, but like really, I think the overall is just like excited. Like that's the stepping stone we left off on, you know, and we're coming into the new year with a lot of pieces returning and a lot of talented young guys coming in. So it's just I, take, a- I take it as a, as a high.
1: I I mean, the game, the game was awesome. It's it's like, it's a bummer either team had to lose like that effort, the way you guys just brought it emotionally and the intensity of the game Mm -hmm. and performed and big shot after big shot and you know big stop after big stop. I mean, almost anybody, maybe anybody else that day, but Kansas state, you guys win. We saw, you know, I'm not going to get you in trouble, but I'm sorry. I saw Purdue lie down. Like I, I saw Arizona lie down. They, they took a punch and they lied down. You guys were just two heavyweights knocking each other out, and mm-hmm. like no one backed off, and it was just eventually the clock ran out, and someone had to lose. Yeah. But you guys were just going back and forth, and it's such an awesome game. It's one of those where it's similar to Wisconsin, Michigan State in 2011 with the Big Ten inaugural football championship game, where it's like, what a bummer someone had to lose. They're just back yeah. and forth, and. That, that was
2: one of those games.
1: <laughs> It'll haunt me, but you guys can hopefully redeem that. We'll see. Yeah. I love this group coming in and This is going to be exciting. Uh, so, I'm Ben, excited. we're, we're <laughs> going to talk a little bit about some of these guys coming in. Ben, let's get to our speed round. And, uh, Malik, you know, he, he drove a long way. we got to get him out of here pretty soon. So, let's run speed round, Malik. <laughs> So, I wanted to do this one. I'm going to get in trouble because anytime I say his name, everyone on Twitter now says, "Who? I don't know that guy. I'm going there. I don't care. It's my show. Ken Coleman current Florida state football player, which just that sucks.
2: It's, uh, yeah. I was a huge it's fan crazy of easy to say.
1: he was that that Kentucky game that we had some of your highlights on. He was sitting in that chair watching mm-hmm. it with me right wow. before our yeah. show. we delayed we that show went off what Ben at like eleven. It was like the latest show we've ever had. Because he and I wanted yeah. to watch the Kentucky yeah. game and that went in the overtime. And then it was <laughs> well, I mean, so I was bummed that he left, but he said he really had a close bond. And we talked about it on the show with both teams, the football yeah. team and the basketball team. He loved yeah. you guys. The way he was locked in on the screen watching every possession of that Kentucky mm-hmm. game, it was like his life depended on it. What was he like on the basketball side? What was he like as a guy, as a teammate? Did you like having him there? I know he wasn't there with you this past year, but the year before.
2: Just energy. Like he, he was he had so much energy. He was like youthful, I'd say. Like, he was super happy all the time. Like, I feel like he was never really negative. Like, he'd come in like wearing Crocs, trying to get up shots and dunk a basketball and sweat. Like, bro, you could go downstairs and like change and then come back up. Like, he just, like, he just, I don't know. He, I feel like he just has so much energy and so much life to him that kind of like everybody just liked him being around. Plus, he was funny on top of that. It just, it makes it easy to like him.
1: Yeah, I liked him a lot too. Very interesting guy. Like he's sort of a one of one. I never really he's very blunt, and I'm like, is he mad at me? But okay, no, he's not mad. No. at me. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, just like, he, it's he, like a roller
2: coaster with him sometimes. There's a
1: though, feeling sure. out period. Yeah. Just, at one point, he was just like, like, what time do I gotta get out of here? I was like, <laughs> you can stay as long as you want, man. Like it's sort of <laughs> guest driven, but you know, like the show goes for at least an hour typically. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I, I thought he was trying to leave. He's like, nah, you're cool. And we ended up like talking similar to AJ, not quite as long, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I couldn't get a read on it, but I liked him. I liked him, yeah. even though I'm not allowed to mention him. Michigan State people tell me uh, the freshman class coming in. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, one of the most heralded, I believe, by most reports, the number two class in the country. You know, it's 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 an impressive group. I think Jeremy Fears has sort of taken on the the most hype in terms of like the Twitter or social media space. Xavier Booker, obviously. Like, what do you make of this group? Have you met any of these guys? Have you mm-hmm. looked at their games? Like, what's sort met of met all
2: of them? We I've. I hosted Xavier on his visit here. Um, my roommate at the time, Davis, hosted uh Cohen on his visit. Um, uh, Gary came to my apartment when he was here. Uh, Jeremy, I know because he's from Illinois. Um, so like, I I've gotten to know all of them pretty well, and I'm really excited. I think they have a lot of talent. And I think um if they stick together and and they make it kind of through their first year and of the feeling out process and not even say the first year, like as long as we can get them to a point where they understand how the program works and like the cultures and them buying in within the first couple of months, I think the sky's the limit for them. Like they really have a base to do some outstanding things here. I'm <laughs> I'm curious to see how the rotation shakes out. We'll get to
1: one of those pieces in a second, but it's it's almost like, I mean, Graham Couch said, it's like, you almost have like too many good players, which I'll I'll take that problem all day. Yeah. But it's going to be fascinating because yeah. there's going to be, there's so many minutes, there's going to be like really talented, good players that don't play a ton. I mean, yeah. it's just, it's, and that's typically there's one or two on Michigan State. Mm-hmm. There'll be like three or four guys that don't yeah. play much
2: that are going to be like stars yeah. at some point in their careers. 100%. 100%. I think, I think that's what Coach does a good job of, though. Like, Everybody kind of like matures at different times. Like you know, the light switch flits, flips for everybody at different points in their career. And I think uh, like just as far as like growing up and elevating your game, my like coach does a really good job of that. Like throughout the years, And we've seen
1: like Draymond Green, Denzel Valentine, like guys that were like okay as freshmen, like mm-hmm. barely rotational pieces, yeah. ended up being.
2: Yeah, Stars. Denzel was the best yeah.
1: player in the country, right. and then Buddy Hield was you yeah. know mm-hmm. one, one, one award winner the other. And Draymond was, you know, top five in all those voting, too. So, yeah, we've seen that development. I'm fascinated to see, like, that first month and who plays and right. how the
2: rotation shakes out. Yeah, I, th- I think it'll be interesting for sure. I'm excited to see it, too. I'm excited to have everybody in the same gym. I'm excited for our first open gym, really.
1: You're one of the only safe ones there. You're starting. It's like a handful of guys, like, I know how much they're going to play within four or five minutes either way. There's, like, eight guys on that roster that could play 30 minutes or two. I mean, yeah. it's, it's it's fascinating it's to crazy. watch. you. Um, your coach, moving <coughs> on, absolutely hates the transfer portal. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, you know, I I think this is a fine concept that needs some guardrails that are not in place. It's a little bit too wild, wild westy for my taste, and seemingly your coaches as well. Just as a general NCAA matter, what do you make of the transfer portal as a player? Like, do you think this is out of control? Do you think this is totally fine? What's your take on it?
2: Um. Quite honestly, to be honest with you, I never really kept up with it just because, like, I never wanted to be a portal guy or I never wanted to, like, I feel like it would be cool to, like, be able to, like, feel different universities and, like, be able to, like, go through different experiences there. But, like, to me, I always wanted to be, like, one place. And I I feel like the portal, I think it'll be interesting, especially with NIL over the next couple of years, just because there's a lot that happens in the portal that I feel like isn't talked about and I don't know about it, so... I I can't say much, but I think I think it's definitely a very interesting. Well, like thing. salacious stuff? You, you um, I I don't think salacious stuff, but like just yeah. interesting. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> all
1: right. I mean, some of that Keon Coleman <laughs> stuff out there, and I don't begrudge the kid. By the way, <laughs> I mean the 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 courts have already said like they're staying out of it. The NCAA since they have it. So mm. I'm like a big get your money guy. Like I don't as long as you're not breaking any laws, which they're not. Yeah. Um. Bylaws, they are, but not laws. Laws, and you know way bylaws, but I mean those have been loosely enforced. But I, I I'm pro like player. I, just, but I, you know, I think if your coach leaves, you should be able to go or whatever. I just, I agree a little bit with your coach on. You should not be fielding offers, and I'm not going to name names, but no. fielding offers from four different schools to try to get you to wait. I just, I yeah. don't think that was ever the mm. intent. No, for sure, it's a little bit out of control in my opinion. Yeah. Playing through. Tragedy. Obviously, the I would argue the darkest day in Michigan State history from a human perspective, the shooting up there this year and hit everyone differently, but in in no ways well. I think people really took that one understandably hard. You guys end up going to Chrysler. You know, we talked about it briefly. You had an incredible game individually, and it was a honestly a great game until the last six, seven minutes, and Michigan pulled away. But that that first week after. You know, you're on the court. Some thought you may
2: not even play. Mm-hmm. What was that like for you just getting through that? I think it was it was just weird. Like, there was a lot of emotions, not just by us players, but, like, coaching staff, like, people on campus, um, just everyone that would be impacted by our campus having going through something like that. Um, and I think as players it was just a little weird because, um, like, some of our kids had classes in those buildings. Like I went to a class in that building. Um, Like those could have been one of our friends, that could have been somebody's sister. Like that could, have. and I feel like it's just so weird because like for it to feel like that close and then to hop back out there and play basketball, for me it was a little, like the first like two days we started back after, it was a little weird for me just because I was like, I felt like I shouldn't be there. Uh, because like obviously when something like that happens, you just kind of look at everything like big picture like just that like you know like I, let me take the time to get myself correct and like a hundred percent. But um, I mean, I th- I think it was it it was it was crazy uh, for me personally, and I feel like it was something that was exciting though. Like when we had the opportunity to play when the game time came, like it was like dang like we had a chance to like maybe give somebody a break like like we know you you're hurting we know you're going through things we know you're emotional like here here's a 2 hour break like you could just tune in and watch us and let all the other stuff sit up sit by the side that's how i viewed it and that's how i kind of wanted to go into the game and that's how i started the game so
1: and i thought michigan did a
2: great job with their whole routine
1: before the game the tribute and being a thought...
2: host for sure 100% they did a great job yeah.
1: i feel like yeah i was really you know kind of proud of them and that it was just a cool moment Two left, and then we'll get you out of here. Jaden Akins, he's coming back, right? I mean, come on. Uh, break the news on his I, behalf, right? So now. I
2: actually haven't even heard um, about it yet, but I talked to him maybe like two or three days ago, and I asked him how he was doing. He's working out a lot. So he, he's one of the people, I said it when he first got here, not because he went to the same school as me. He went to Sunrise. He transferred there, and I just I take a lot of pride in him going there because like it showed a lot about his character and like everything that he's been through and like kind of just how he's continued to build his game to the stage that he's at. Um, I think he's going to I think he's going to be all star one day, to be honest. I love his
1: game. I, he's yeah. a fearless guy. I mean, he had a shot at that Chrysler game at three. Yeah. It just lipped out. It was the, the, the mm. best miss we've seen all year. And I love that he was like a possession or two later, got the ball in the same spot, just drilled,
2: no hesitation. Yeah, no hesitation. He, he just, just he let like, he cuts it loose. He's got the he's got this him and Tyson have like the same mindset where it's like like I'm I'm gonna keep shooting till it go in. Like in one of these times, it's gonna go in. Like so I admire that about both of them, and I think he's outstanding, not just basketball player, but young man.
1: The the sort of know,
2: rumor or reporting
1: or whatever, I don't know, whatever you want to call it. Ant Wright is is big on this. That Jaden Aikens' decision to return to Michigan State or not was dependent on Tyson Walker because if Tyson Walker returned, Jaden Akins won't be able to be a primary ball handler. And that's what NBA scouts want to see. Do you buy that? That Aikens needs to get this ball handling, these ball handling reps that he won't get with Tyson there, and that's influencing his decision. Do you think that's a bunch
2: of hogwash? Is there some meat on the bone? Um I mean, there could be meat on the bone. Um, I'm not in his head, so I don't know exactly what he's thinking, but one thing I do know is that if you're a good basketball player, like you'll get found. Like somebody's gonna find you, your talent's not gonna go to waste. And somebody told me that when I was younger and I just feel like even if Jaden came back, like we won a national championship, you can't turn him away. Like, what are you gonna do? Be like, oh, we didn't see you running those, with your handle as much, but like, hey, you shot 40% from the three you played defense in average, however many points, and you won a national championship, you're a winning guy. Like, how can you not take that? You know what I mean? And he's young. So, like, in my opinion, that shouldn't matter because if you're a good player and you do the right things, like, you're going you're gonna to get your shot. So,
1: I mean, yeah. another guy that raises the whole ceiling of your team. I think you could win the whole thing without him, but if he's back, that team gets even better. Yeah. Finishing here, just briefly, the aircraft carrier game, Gonzaga. That was cool. <laughs> Heartbreaking loss again. Man. What was that like? Is it, are you like shooting? And it's like, oh shit, I see a dolphin like it.
2: Like, is, like, <laughs> so, what is just like the sight line okay. like? What is that so, experience like? The way the court was, so like I'll use it as like, a, this is the, this is like the dock basically. So the boat was like this. So to our right was like the ocean and stuff. And so you didn't really look to your right because the court is obviously in the middle so like everything we were more so focused on is half of the court because that's where the court was and there was a stands in the middle anyway so you couldn't see it but really it was like when the we went out to warm-ups and there was i want to say it was the right wing if the hoops in front of you we're on the right wing and i went and i shot a jump shot and i looked up and like i'm directly in the setting sun like the hoop is directly in the setting sun and I'm looking and I'm like, I can't even like see. And then like, it was a little windy at first. Uh, so like the wind would carry the ball. It was, it was a unique basketball experience, but like probably one of my favorite like life experiences for sure.
1: It is one of those where it's like, of course you wanted the win, but
2: just doing yeah. it. It's yeah. one of those it things. was one of those things where like walking away, like we lost, but like, Nobody thought we were going to be in the game with Gonzaga but people who liked us and our team so it was like we walked away on a good note and it was just one of those experiences where like even losing you can't walk away from something like that especially around like all the veterans like it was much bigger than any anything basketball
1: So Michigan State is great man we get to do really cool stuff we play in weird places Yes, we do <laughs> hangers and chips we do it all. And, I mean we do all sorts of great stuff <laughs> Wait call. Appreciate you, man. I know we probably ran a little long. You got a long drive back. I appreciate you man, making, making your way out here. No, and I
2: appreciate you having me. Thank I'm you. happy you're feeling it better. It's a great time.
1: I and, enjoyed and this. I've, I'm glad your career is not over like that tweet said and that you'll, you'll, you'll be back and, and, and me playing. Too. I'm it's excited. That's sure. going to be a great year. I, I can't wait to, to, you know, see what you guys come up with on the court. It's going to be a really exciting, intriguing, fun year. I'd love to have you back sometime. You're welcome back anytime, mm, seriously. For sure. I definitely have to come back.
2: I enjoyed this.
1: I appreciate <laughs> it, man. You're the iconic, definitive OKG. I mean, that's, that's your coaches. I mean, I can't imagine. There's three people this coach openly likes. Yeah. You're one of the three ever. So right, good on you. Ben Augusta, appreciate you. Other side of the curtain there, the great and powerful Oz, Eric Williamson on his couch and his boxers by now. Our set designer, graphic designer, appreciate him as well. We call... Hell of a player, Spartan Dog, OKG, all the above. This is going to be a fun year coming up. Hopefully, we'll have him back soon. Spiro Avenue Show, Justin Spiro. We'll see you soon. Thanks.